You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we go through the Mishnah of Megillah, we're, we're presented with a tension between the diaspora and life in the diaspora and life in the temple and memories of life in the temple. We're going to see these two themes run right through the first. Well, we're going to see these two themes run right through the whole of the of the tractate of, of Megillah, but the, they're particularly apparent. The memories of the temple, in particular, are apparent, are most apparent in the first chapter, and so we'll see the focus go backwards and forwards. Now we learned in the first couple of Mishnayot, that in the large towns, they read on the 14th of Adar, whereas in the villages, they bring everything forward to the Monday or the Thursday, because people gather on Mondays and Thursdays, either because it's a market day or because the courts are sitting, or you know, probably those are the, that's why we read Torah on Mondays and Thursdays. So we need to distinguish between a large town and a village. By the way, none of this applies today, because today we treat everyone as being in a large town. We don't move forward to Monday and Thursday now. And, but then they needed to make the distinction. And so the Mishnah asks, What is a big town? And the Mishnah answers, Any town that has got 10 idlers, Ten people who just sit around. A batlan is someone who doesn't have a job, someone who's unemployed. Some a, a town with ten idlers is a proper town. It's very funny in England. A cathedral city is one well with a, a city is a, a town with a cathedral. Anyway, a large town in the Mishnah has got ten idlers, and the Rambam comments. The Rambam explains in his comment on this Mishnah. He says, 10 idlers, what are they? That there should be 10 men in the synagogue that don't have any work. These are unemployed people. They don't have other than the business of the community, and study of Torah, and permanence in the synagogue. So in other words, we've got 10 people who we can rely on kind of to make up a minyan and when we need them for something to do with the community, we've got them there. That's the definition of a town. Fewer than that, it's a village. That means it's a village and they advanced on Mondays or Thursday. And in respect of these, that is to say the villages, they say we advance, but we don't postpone. Remember, we bring forward the reading of the Megillah to the preceding Monday or Thursday, but we don't, we don't let it delay. However, bringing forward is something we don't always do. There are some mitzvot that we'll postpone rather than bringing forward. So we've said already that we don't read the Megillah on Shabbat. We're afraid about carrying the Megillah in the public domain. So we don't read it on Shabbat. We'll bring it forward to the preceding Friday or if it's a village to the preceding Thursday. But 
There are other mitzvot that we let delay. So aval, zman atzei kohanim, the time of bringing the wood. So different families. I think there were nine families that used to bring the wood for the priests, and they all had their own dates. They all had specified dates for bringing the wood for the sacrifices. But if, obviously, you can't bring the wood on Shabbat, but if their day fell on Shabbat, they'd delay it. They wouldn't bring it forward. And the ninth of Av. If the ninth of Av falls on Shabbat, we don't bring forward the fast. We delay. We don't like to bring forward a sad event. We'd rather delay a sad event. Chagiga. The Chagiga sacrifice. We bring on, on the Chagiga sacrifice is one of the sacrifices on Yom Tov, but we don't bring it when Yom Tov falls on Shabbat. We've actually got a whole week after the, after the festival to bring the Chagiga. The Hakel, Hakel is the big assembly once every seven years after Sukkot. And the king reads the, from the Sefer Torah to the whole people. Nowadays, actually, I believe the present of the state of Israel goes to the Western Wall. He reads from Sefer, from Sefer Devarim. Hakel, if Hakel, it's, it's the day after Sukkot. But if it falls on Shabbat, we're not gonna we're not gonna bring everyone together on Shabbat. It, it's complicated, so we delay it to the day after. All of these things, velo we delay them, but we don't advance them. Even though they said advance, but don't postpone, we're now back to Purim. Even though they said we advance, but we don't postpone, it's permissible to mourn and to fast and to distribute gifts to the poor on the days when we advance them to. So in other words, if we bring, if we bring the, the Megillah reading forward to a Monday or forward to a Thursday, we can still mourn and fast on that day, even though we generally wouldn't do that on Purim. And Rabbi Yuda says, Amar Rabbi Yuda, Eimatai, when does this all happen? In a place where people gather on Mondays and Thursdays. So now we're getting specific here, and we can see we just don't do this today. In places where people don't gather, on Mondays and Thursdays. And I guess we would apply that to our, our settlements today. We only read the Megillah at its proper time. And remember, we learned that there's a verse from the Megillah saying that the Megillah is going to be read in their times. So is really a quotation from Megillah Tester. Generally, we read the Megillah at the proper time. And that's why the Mishnah spends so much of its early effort just in analyzing what time it should be. What about if we don't know what month it is? So we know it's the, four, the, the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, the 14th, or the 15th of the month. But what month is it? Because, of course, you can have two Adars. Two different, and this year, by the way, the month of Adara will come twice. So they read the Megillah during the first Adara. And then the year was made a leap year. So in the time of the Mishnah, 
the Bet Din could decide to make a leap year right up till the end of Adar, even after Purim. So you could have read the Megillah for Purim, Adar Rishon, and then you could be told, oh, hang on, there's going to be a second Adar. So what do we do? The Mishnah answers, Korina Tab Adar Hasheni. We've read it once. We're going to read it again in the second Adar. Interesting. There seems to be some intrinsic connection between Purim and Pesach. I mean, I had a Rav who used to say that unless you were able to kind of release your inhibitions and get happy on Purim, you weren't in a state to become a free man on Pesach. He used to interpret this connection from a psychological point of view. I'm sure there are other interpretations, but certainly from a calendrical point of view, there's an intrinsic connection between Purim and Pesach. They have to be one month apart. Maybe it's that people used to count the days between Purim and Pesach because they didn't have printed calendars. But there's an intrinsic con connection, and we have to read it again the second time round. There's no difference between the first Adar and the second Adar. There's no difference other than the reading of the Megillah and the giving of gifts to the poor. In other words, suggesting that on the first Adar, on the 14th and the 15th, we actually wouldn't make a, a eulogy or we wouldn't fast. Because in some way, that day does include some element of, of, some element of Purim. And this expression, Ein Bain, there's no difference between the first Adar and the second Adar, but da, 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 da. this expression, Ein Bain, then introduces a whole series of Mishnayot, which all begin with Ein Bain. And the subject matter is incredibly diverse, and it will run until the end of the chapter, but they all begin with the expression Ein Bain. And some people talk about the Ein Bains. You know, it's a famous, famous sort of, a famous, famous series of Mishnayot. They're poetically connected. Well, we, we can ask ourselves whether they're connected in terms of meaning. We can ask ourselves that, but they're definitely poetically connected. And we begin. There's no difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov except the preparation of food. This Mishnah, by the way, goes to Beit according to Beit Shammai, because, of course, we follow Beit Hillel, and we know there are differences between Shabbat and Yom Tov. There's lots of small differences. We learned them in um, the Mishnah of, in the Mishnah of Beit Zah, in terms of what we can do on Shabbat and Yom Tov, and certainly the big difference that we carry on Yom Tov. We carry on Yom Tov because of Beit Hillel. We do not go according to this Mishnah and Beit Shammai, but we repeat it because it's a lovely Ein Bain. There's no difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov, except the preparation of food. There's no difference between Shabbat and Yom Kippur. Now, we know, of course, there's a massive difference between Shabbat and Yom Kippur. So you can see already, this is a poetic rendering. But the Mishnah says, there's no difference between Shabbat and Yom Kippur, except if we intentionally violate one of them, we're punished by a human court. The punishment for breaking Shabbat in public is, a, is delivered by the court. And the deliberate violate, the intentional violation of Yom Kippur is karet. It's this mysterious, um, this mysterious cutting off 
We don't quite know what it is, but it's something that is in the hands of heaven. It's not in the hands of the human court. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Benedict. 